0: From Alumni UBC, this is My Financial Life, a five-episode podcast mini-series about personal finance. In this series, you'll hear from experts in a variety of areas, including financial planning, investing, credit, insurance, and travel finance. Our guests will share tips and good practices to help you establish strong financial habits. On this episode of My Financial Life, Host Kirk LaPointe, Editor-in-Chief of Business in Vancouver and Adjunct Professor at the UBC School of Journalism, speaks to UBC alumna Tracy Themes, a financial advisor and Certified Financial Planner at Sophia Financial, Raymond James. My
1: guest today is Tracy Themes. And she's been a, been a big resource, I think, for, uh, for a lot of people in trying to help them manage their funds uh, and manage them at, at an early stage in life, when a lot of the decisions can be rather critical in what you do. Uh, Tracy, nice to have you on the program. Thanks, Kirk. Well, uh, tell me about where where you come from in all of this. Is there a big personal story in behind your determination to help people manage their funds?
2: Probably the same personal story as 99% of the people listening to this, which is having graduated um, from uh, actually grad school, having huge amounts of student debt, uh, lots of career possibilities, but trying to figure out what is it that I do next? What's the first thing? Do you pay off your student debt? Do you um, try to save for a house? What uh, do you start investing in mutual funds? Do you uh, contribute to the RSP uh, program at work? It's very overwhelming. And most of the time um, it's a lot of conflicting advice that we're all getting as soon as we open you know our Facebook we find you know 16 different financial programs that are telling us to do this or do that and and then we go online and we check the news and we find out that we should be in REITs and it's, (laughs) it's really overwhelming I think um so I had to, myself, like most people, figure this out. My um, my resources were, were limited. The number of people in my life that had achieved any kind of financial um, stability or security were also quite limited. And what I found was they gave anecdotal stories, of course, but you know my situation wasn't the same as theirs the time my timing wasn't the same as theirs so i became fascinated um i was at that point a psychologist and i became fascinated by money and i especially became fascinated by the psychology of investing so i actually just 20 years ago well 20 um seems not just to you but uh went from being a psychologist to uh, looking at how I could work in an advisory capacity with money. So that's what I do all day here. I work with the wealthiest people in Vancouver and I work with some of the poorest people in Vancouver. And through all of this, I've just become passionate about getting the education and the information out to others that they need to create really financial stability.
1: Yeah, the- it's really evident your passion in all of this, Tracy. But make us feel a little bit better by telling us that you um, you made some mistakes in the early going. What are, what are the common early mistakes that that people make in uh, in trying to plan their finances?
2: That's a it's a great question. The first is to be too frightened to start, to believe that um, you have to wait until. Uh, you've done this, or you have to wait until you've learned this, or you have to wait until some magical, I don't know, uh, gift from the sky drops into your lap. And the trick is to start now. And when we talk about starting smart, it's about realizing what um, it is that's important to you. But most importantly, to understand that you start small by starting now. Like a toddler, when you watch a toddler learn how to kick a ball, you know, when they fall, they only fall, what, 7, 8, 10 inches to the ground. So they get back up. And I was actually watching a little guy um, with his mom the other day in a playground, and he would fall and get back up and fall and get back up. And, you know, there, he was no worse for wear. If you wait to try to kick a ball until you're 50 years old, when you fall, you don't get right back up. So... <laughs>
1: Sure. As someone with a psychology uh, understanding, what is it about human nature, do you think, that makes us so averse at an early stage in life? I mean, because after all, that is also a stage of life where you likely feel immortal in a lot of other respects. Why Why, in, why the, the reticence? Around investment.
2: Well, one thing is it's money's a limited resource. So when money's a limited resource, its value to us is higher, right? So the kid kicking the soccer ball, it doesn't matter if they get back up and kick the soccer ball, the soccer ball's still there. If you've only got 50 bucks extra this month, uh I think the idea that you could lose that fifty dollars somehow has far greater um import to you than kicking a soccer ball. So there's a sense that if I screw this up, <laughs> I'm screwing up my life. That's what I've heard from um, some of the young uh, professionals that I've but I've coached. But it's also more a sense of they just don't know how to start. What's what is the first step? And that's what I that's what I do a lot of uh, classes about.
1: So tell me about that first step. The first couple of steps. The uh, first you know, the first trek into all of this for people?
2: So the first one is I want everybody to own their situation. Authentically, um, from a values point of view, you're the only one also who knows your life circumstance, uh, what's important to you, who you have to look after, what you're scared of, what you've come from. So owning it means having an understanding of what I call the five steps to financial planning. There's basically five fundamental steps that we have to go through that are marked by questions and it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning or if you're retiring or you're getting ready to divorce or sell a business, it's the same five steps that you go through and that architecture helps you own your own financial situation and allows you to take control of it.
1: What are the magical five steps?
2: So the first one, which... People want to skip because it can be a little painful is, where am I now? And in financial terms, the two pieces of that are, what's my cash flow like? Cash flows your money in and your money out. Is there more money coming in than going out? Is it the same or is there money more money going out than coming in? Where am I now? What's my cash flow? What are my expenses? People use the word budget. I don't particularly like the word budget. Um, I call it one of the B words. I like cash flow because that's ultimately what it is, money in, money out. The second piece of that is your net worth. The net worth is more of a um, snapshot of what your assets and liabilities, so what you own versus what you owe. And that net worth statement, I had my own kids do one when they were 19. And I think my daughter's net worth at that point was $1,100 and my son's was minus 25. And I said, I want you to do a net worth statement today so that when you're 27 and you're feeling rough about yourself, you can take a look and you can see how far you've traveled. Because that's what a net worth statement does. It tells you what every... Every um, grouping of your cash flow decisions, what has it arrived at? Am I am I ahead or am I behind? And a lot of people don't want to take a look. They want to jump right into you know REITs and um, exchange traded funds and looking at mutual fund fees and all of these things. And I'm like, but you don't even know where you're starting your journey from. You don't even have an idea of what's coming in and out in the month. So that's the first step. And that can take somebody quite a bit of time just to get that piece sort of written down and evaluated.
1: So you get that data gathered. Uh, you're truthful to yourself. Um, you, you know where you stand. So now now bring us into how you launch here. So the,
2: the first launch is you have to have cash reserve. So that becomes the second step. Everybody has to have cash reserve. So you can't even invest until you have money as backup in the case that some emergency would happen. So each person has to have that money set aside. And what happens when you go through your first step of where I am now is you find out where you are on what I call the wealth continuum. So there are people who are in debt. So they're starting sort of, they're at the minus. There's people who it's balanced, cash flow coming in and out, and then there's people who have a surplus. The people who have a surplus are the ones that can start investing. The rest have to take care of either getting out of debt or finding a way to have their cash flow be balanced and to create a surplus. So when we talk about cash reserve, that becomes one of the trickier things. People want to put their, their cash to work immediately. Well, Cash reserve is having the ability to deal with a problem yourself without going to your parents, yourself without having to go to the bank, yourself without having to put it on your visa card. And each person has a certain amount of that that they have to have set aside. So as soon as they have that set aside, then then we're at the step where we go, where am I headed and how am I going to create an investment plan?
1: All right. So take us into that world. Uh, where again? Where are the smart baby steps?
2: Well, the smart baby steps are to define you. In in my world, you get two or three goals. That's it. You can't have ten. This isn't the Oprah show. You don't get to write a prosperity board. This isn't about your abundance mentality. It's very practical. You can basically create two or three investment goals, and that's about it. So your first one might be, I'm saving for a house. Your second might be um, eventually, I want, we're, we're going to have a kid, or we're going to have a dog, or um, we, we want to buy a car. Um, and each one of the goals that you have, you identify what it is, you identify how much it costs, and then you identify at that point what your time horizon is. Because without a time horizon and a concrete goal, you're just basically splattering your money against the wall like you would spaghetti, you know, throwing a roof. What's that expression? Throwing spaghetti against the roof and seeing what sticks. And I prefer things to be more directed, more thoughtful, um, and and more practical and pragmatic.
1: Does having an objective, a, a very clear objective, also give you that discipline to frankly keep up with it?
2: not just gives you the discipline and the motivation. Most importantly, it protects you against the 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 world out there of noise, I guess I'm going to call it. It's never been noisier as a human, but certainly as an investor. Every time you go to talk to your dad, if you don't know for sure what it is that you were trying to achieve, they're gonna have an opinion. The person who has the cubicle next to you at work has an opinion. Um, Rob Carrick at Globe and Mail has an opinion. There's so many opinions, but if you have yourself owned what your goal is, and you yourself know what your time horizon and you establish the plan for how you're going to do this, then you're less knockoverable. You are less vulnerable to all of the. noise on the competing voices that are out there. More than ever in my career, I'm spending time trying to protect people and teach them about discernment, about what voices and what messages to listen to. Uh, It's tough.
1: It is tough. In the last couple of minutes that we have, Tracy, I want you to then walk us through also a couple of resources that you think are really useful to people. Obviously, Our listeners will probably want to find you directly, and and if they can, good to them. But uh, if if there are other resources that make some sense, do you think, for that early-stage deliberation about financial planning in life?
2: It's a great question. Some of the the banks and credit unions all have wonderful um, budget trackers, every one of them, clean, uh, well-researched. Uh, if you don't like your banks, then try another banks. Um, there's all kinds of um, cash flow tracking apps. And um, we have a downloadable spreadsheet, for instance, that's really practical. So the first the first is going pretty carefully through the, and we're lucky, really lucky here in Canada. There is, you know, just so much um Competent resource online through through the the basic financial institutions that are here. So that's the first place. Um, there's certainly a great uh, list of books. Uh, I I can provide that. There's about ten books that I think are well written and super practical. Uh, and again, they're not about they're not raw raw. Uh, they're just here's the steps. We offer free classes. We have an empowered investing for young professionals empower, and another empowered investing class we do here at Sophia Financial on Saturdays. It's free. Um, I do it purely for uh, to build the financial literacy of people in the community because I, I just care about us so much. I want all of us to not be worrying about money. And to be able to know what we're supposed to be doing with it, it's one of the things I think that makes our our country and our community strong.
1: So then give us the, um, the the clear details about how people find you, Tracy. They can
2: find me at tracythemes.com. Um, and the financial advisory firm I work with is that I own is sophiafinancial.ca.
1: Great. Well, look, you've given us a lot of great information. To get started on that path. I want to thank you for your time today, Tracy. It's been great
2: talking with you.
0: My Financial Life is a production of Alumni UBC. Thank you to our host, Kirk Lapointe, editor in chief of business in Vancouver and adjunct professor at the UBC School of Journalism, and our guest, Tracy Themes. Of Sophia Financial Raymond James for participating in this episode. On the next episode of My Financial Life, Kirk will speak to UBC alumnus Ian Robertson of Odlin Brown Limited. The topic, Responsible Investing. You can listen to episode two of My Financial Life right now.